Well, good morning, Texas. This is your host, Tex, for today. I'm on the horn with Bo and Big Daddy Boots. And uh, this is something about farming. And here we go. What's going on with you boys today? Not a whole lot. How are y'all? Well, it was hot today. And it's supposed to be hot tomorrow. And I'm glad. I want the heat. But... The next day on Tuesday here in Altus, Oklahoma, it's supposed to get down to like 93, which is not good for the cotton. We need heat. We need these heat units to finish out this irrigated crop. And yeah, I, uh, I I noticed I'm up in Hobart. I'm not far from you, so they I think they have us in the high 80s and mid 80s for most of the week. Yeah, yeah, for the dry land, it'd be, you know it's fine, but God, what's this? We need the heat as long as we can have it. That's what sucks about this part of the world. If you get an early freeze, then your top crops and your plant are screwed. You ain't gonna, you know, them bowls ain't gonna get big and fat like the rest of the plant. Right. I don't know. I don't know how mine's gonna do. Honestly, it hadn't had near enough rain. To, I'm afraid it's gonna start shedding a bunch of squares off and all here. Oh yeah, dude. Rain. Yeah, ours is doing the same thing already. Like on our flood irrigation fields, oh my lord, there's just a bunch of squares coming out the end of the rows. Yeah, I think that's what's going to start happening to mine this week. I'm surprised it hasn't yet. Uh, but, they're, you know, like you say, my plant's not a third or less of the size of yours, too. So. Right. <laughs> but it's what it is. Yeah. I think we've had a, we got those, when you had that, Alvin got that two inches about, what, a week ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was last Saturday. Yeah, we only see we got two tenths out of that deal. Oh, all we man. got, but we got close. <laughs> it gave it got our hopes up. But yeah, it just, just kind of died out. Didn't y'all have like another cloud come by y'all the next like three or four days later or something? Yeah, yeah, we just barely missed out on some of that too. Yeah, we didn't hit. We didn't get that one at all. But well. Hopefully it'll rain some this week. They're going to give us a few chances. But. Yeah. But if it rains when it's cool, it's even worse on yours, ain't it? Yeah. If, man, if it would rain, if it would rain and then stay in the hundreds, it's like a greenhouse. You know, it's real, right. real humid. Oh, the cotton loves that. I just wish it would stay hot. Yeah. We're kind of about the opposite of you boys. If we could uh, slack off a little bit on the heat, it'd help us a lot. Even our irrigators is burning up. Our irrigated stuff is so weak. Uh, Water-wise, we can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be 106 here tomorrow. My parents are actually going up to see Boots tomorrow. Uh, he lives right by the feed yard that we sell our cows to, and Boots uh, did me a big old favor and made me a bunch of hats today. Might appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I uh, ought to take them over there. To the, uh, now, which feed yard is your cows at? The, the uh, Power Plus feed yard or the Premium Beef feed yard? Oh boy! Uh, which one does CR run? CR runs a premium beef. It's uh, out west of town, and, and the Duffs they own the, the the Power Plus one. It's just south of my house. I didn't know there was two of them. Uh, yeah, they they kind of have you know they used to be together, but now I think they got their separate deal going on. Oh, I, I didn't know any, that. Yeah, I don't have any clue which one they're going to. We always saw CR when we went up there. So okay, yeah, the I Lone bet Wolf. That's what I thought. So I'll, I'll take him over there. That's where uh, my stepmom, or uh, not my stepmom, my wife's stepmom works there. So 
she can i'll go drop them off with her and then whenever your parents get there just have them have them go in the office and they'll pick them up so hell yeah buddy i can't wait to have them things anyway man our corn is burning up hot 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 and dry we had a pivot stuck actually yesterday when i was down there uh our corner arm it got stuck we had a bunch of problems with that corner arm and they replaced a bunch of antennas on it and uh that corner arm's got a wire four feet underground that it follows that's what makes it bend in and out i'm sure those new ones are all gps but i'll be damned i didn't know the old ones were like that so they bury a wire like all the way around the field so when they buried it they had a brand new 8410 and they plowed that wire in as deep as they could pull it with that tractor. Oh, okay. So huh. it's however deep that is. Right. And it follows the wire around that circle. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. Huh. I don't know anything about pivots. I don't. Well, I'm all dry land. That's what my dad. He was. He always jokes. He, uh, you know how y'all got that rain the other night, bull. He said. Yeah, it always rains down there in irrigation country, and it always rains north of here in those on the oil wells, but it never rains in between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we ain't got either one. <laughs> yeah, or not well, the oil wells. I guess it's more gas wells than anything. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, I know they're west of Hobart, uh, like Elk Elk Creek, right? Yep. Oh my lord, I've been times when y'all had like enormous rains, and that yeah. that creek gets out just. Oh, miles wide. Yeah, it's Bunch crazy. Bunch of fields get underwater. Yeah, it's crazy. I live, uh, all my stuff's east of Hobart. And, oh. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have anything on Elk Creek. But I got. I do have one farm about a mile off of Elk Creek. But, so uh, does anybody pull water out of Elk Creek and they try to irrigate out of it? Not anymore. Uh, I knew one guy, a neighbor farmer. Well, I guess it wasn't Elk Creek. It was a kind of a little, little creek that goes through us off of Elk. And... Uh, <laughs> He, he used to dam the creek up and, and had a pivot he'd suck out of and that creek, and he'd, he'd irrigate a little, but no right. one does that anymore. Now, yeah, I take that back. Uh, just the last year or two, CR that you're talking about, the speedlot, yeah. he, he invested in a couple of pivots, and he, he pumps out of Elk Creek. So there, he just started that because he's like the only one doing it. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's just one of them deals where, you know, you don't always have water, but when you do, it's good. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tech. Sorry for interrupting. Get back on your pivot deal. Okay, <clears throat> so that pivot, that's our best pivot by far, like leaps and bounds. And we can put an inch on every four days. That pivot was down two days. So that's half corn and half cotton. Okay. And uh, that pivot had been parked two days. Man, you walked uh, 150 feet behind that pivot. And the top of the ground wasn't even damp. Mm. Like, it was barely wow. damp. It's crazy how much water that corn will suck out of the ground. We planted that 2,700 population. And it's just insane. So that pivot got stuck. is pushing a big, huge wad of mud between those uh, two tires. So that corner on is crazy. When it starts making a turn, those two tires don't follow each other. It branches out and makes two ruts. Right. And uh, it's got big wide tires on it, and uh, it's pushing two big giant ruts of mud. And with that pivot went down, and so that mud got hard. And we were sitting there trying to dig it out. We dang sure we we're gonna drive a tractor in there and not go for all that corn. We ended up giving up on it, running it all the way back in the first back to the uh, ruts, and starting it back forward instead of reverse. And, 
crazy. It sank down to the axle oh, bam. on the gearbox. Yeah, and there's a lot of weight out there. Well, like I know on our, our corner arm pivot, I mean, we had to change out one of the gearboxes on one of them, and oh my lord. You know, we just used a, a handyman jack, you know, high lift, whatever you want to call it, and you better make sure you bring like a disc with you to put on the ground because you got a jack and you know, your just jack will just sink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you better bring a, have a disc with you or, you know, a board or something. So how many, how many acres does your, uh, corner arm pivot? Like how many towers does it take? It's a seven tower system. And then the eight is the corner arm. They built an interstate across that quarter. And so that's where it bends around at, right by the interstate. Oh. And, uh, well, it bends a little bit on the uh, east and west side, but the interstate really cuts it in two. Yeah. Yeah. So how many acres so do I don't you know. get out of it? I don't know. Maybe it is back around 140, I'd say. I don't know. What right. does yours do? Ours? Okay, so our, that farm is down at Tipton. And it's a quarter plus like 20 acres or something. So, like, I think the exact amount of acres there is like 176 or some shit. So, it's a labor. Yeah. So, it irrigates like, I think it irrigates like 165, maybe. Gosh dang, son. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a, a pretty good farm. Real loamy soil, and it's pretty. But it's kind of sandy down there, too. I mean, we've never plowed it, and we never will. We So, I mean, right after we get the cotton off, we try to get a wheat planted in there for cover, and then that's it. I mean, we do not try to disturb that soil whatsoever. Because there's guys, you know, on either side of that farm, and they plow. Uh, I'm going to talk about the freaking dirt blowing. It's bad, yeah. It's so, bad over there. At that farm, we have the worst verticillian wilt over there. Is bad now. We we okay. Ex- Sorry to interrupt, but explain more. Like even understand more on that verticillium wilt. I've never heard of that. Man, I don't really know much about it to go into deep detail about it. But like your plant will get mm-hmm. pretty big, like knee high. And then it'll start getting real sick. It'll even huh. shed leaves off of it. It's uh, yield robber big time. And then we got all those nematodes in there. So you'll have the prettiest cotton that'll just overlap the rows. You can't even walk down it. And then those nematodes will be in there, and you won't even grow it. Huh. So do y'all have any root? Do y'all have any root rot ticks down there? No. I mean, our big problem is reniform. And they don't what? have anything to really fight the reniform. I never Re- heard of that. Reniform? Yeah, reniform. Uh, kind of like rent, kind of like rent to farm, but reniform, and uh, do the same thing as like a root knot. Basically, they just rob everything out of that plant where it can't grow. Now, Phytogen's got a test plot on one of our farms, and I saw that yesterday when I was riding with Dad looking at corn. Mm. And they've got it labeled, so they went out there and stuck all the varieties in a... It's right by the big highway, and they went and stuck all their variety posters out. And on that one, it's crazy. It's 
I mean, you can see where it's definitely holding it back, but it is nothing like the rest of the farm. And they just have it labeled under conventional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. But so that's, so like, it's something in the soil then, huh, that's like just hurting the plant? Uh, the nematodes or the reniform? I mean, of the I, I mean, I, I, we, ha- we don't have any of that here. So this is, uh, yeah, I've all never heard of it. So I don't really know. I want you to explain, like, go into detail, like, because that's just, you know, it's crazy that y'all ain't that far away, but, and you have those diseases. But it's kind of like here, you know, we've got that root rot. And it's crazy, the root rot here, it's only on the east side of Otter Creek, which is, uh, that's the creek that Tom Steed Lake dumps into. And, I mean, we've got fields on the west side of Otter Creek, we have no root rot whatsoever. But you get on the east side of Otter Creek, and you have root rot. Like it's crazy. See, we don't have we don't have to deal with any root rot here either. I mean, we're not that far from you. We're about forty miles from you. You know. Yeah. We don't we don't have that trouble. So, like, you've been sending videos to the group chat about the root uh, the root rot, and yeah. I I don't even have heard about it around here. Right. Like the nematodes are our number one problem. Uh, so, like your root knot, do you have or your root rot? Do you have to worry about spreading that around? Like uh, the dirt on our plows is how we got nematodes everywhere. Oh. We had oh, wow. it in one farm twenty miles from our house, and then uh, like we try to keep our plows clean, but there's no way you can clean your plows off good enough. And then people not wanting to clean them off. I was so bad about that when I was young. <laughs> just being lazy, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to the next field. Dude. That's how we That's how we always were with bind weeds. We'd always, I didn't even realize this, but yeah, I just, you know, fold up, go to the next field, and you have little bind weeds on your shanks and just spread them all over the place. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I know that feeling with them freaking bind weeds. Golly. I yes. I've got them real bad at one farm, and it just, it kills out the hay grazer here in Muleshoe. You can't fight those things at all except real early in the season and nothing really kills them anyway yeah all right Tex. so what does this nematode do like does it, it does it hurt the roots and it just starts to kill the plant or like what does it actually do so it's basically like a microscopic worm and they oh, can shit. only move like a centimeter a year they do not move <laughs> but a plow will drag them everywhere right. See, them I'm I'm really uneducated on nematodes. I, you always talk about that. I don't. That's over my head too. I'd like to learn more about that. Dude, the amount of uh, uh, pounds a year—if you could see it on paper—that what they really rob from us. Like I look at bulls cotton, and I get so dang jealous. Even uh, my other two friends that I had in the group chat—I'm not gonna say their names—but like what they can grow versus all of our neighbors, what they grow versus our nematode-infested stuff. If you got a little bit of them, they are taking a bunch of pounds off your cotton. Man. And uh, about the only way you can really fight them is rotation, or they've got this uh, chemical. And I can't, I'm blanking on the name right now. It comes in pigs, like 200 gallons. Huh. And you got to have CO2 to push it out of the pig. And you plow it as deep as you can plow it. Like, we'll take... Uh, It'll be a four-bottom ox uh, ox shank. Right. 
and uh, plow it down, and then you run a tractor right on top of the beds to pack it down to keep that gas from escaping. Wow. Huh. And it, it kills everything in your soil. It's really not a very good – telon is what it's called. Oh. It's really not the best thing to run through your soil because yeah. it will kill everything. So kill like all your micronutrients and all that stuff along with it. Yeah. Um, so that telon, but it's like $150 an acre. So it's all your profit. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Margin. <laughs> you so said $150 to run it. $150 an acre? Yes, it is crazy expensive. Oh, my Lord. Man, I'm blessed to farm where we do, man. Golly. That just seems like. No kidding, man. Yeah, you, I, you are. I, I get jealous, too, man. You got some beautiful cotton. Man, did you see me screenshotting your cotton that you were sending to the group oh, today? I can't wait. I want to show my dad real fast. I, no, I didn't see it, man. I hope. I just, I mean, last year, the the two farms that I bought, the first farm that I bought, the previous owner was lazy. I mean, he's just, oh, Lord. Would never spray his weeds. So, there is, I mean, every time we water, there's a, there's constantly more weeds coming up. All the seeds out there from the previous years. And there was a bunch of mesquites growing up on the place, and they just didn't take care of it. And I've done a little work to it, but when they had it, he would just disc, and that's it. He never would. So he'd plant everything back in. Yeah. Would never uh, chisel it or nothing like that. So the first year that I farmed it, we uh, pump out of that creek and uh, we uh, just kept the water on it. I mean, wouldn't the pump never shut off. It's all row water, you know, and we couldn't ever get the cotton like to take off. Like it wouldn't ever, you know, get up big and grow. And but it was also a drought that year. We, I mean. There was no rain, you know, no rain came. It was all just straight creek water we were putting on it. And it made like 2.4, I think. So the next year, I didn't plow it again, and I should have. felt like a retard. But I kind of, I I have to use my, you know, my brother's and my dad's equipment. So it's kind of if I want to spend the money or not on, you know, getting it plowed and all that jazz. So... We, uh, I did plow it the next year, and it made like 2.6. It's like, fuck. But this past Good. year, this past year. Yeah, no kidding, buddy. <laughs> no, the, the farm should produce more. Like, I, I don't know. I just get, like, I'm just way too dedicated to it, I guess. Like, I always try to do something just to, well, what can I do to help it out, you know, to make more, you know? That's the farm that you bought, right? Yeah, my first so, farm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to be like that on that, you know? Yeah, just, yeah, just like means more, you know, means more to you, I guess. Right. But, so, the last year when we pit, started picking, okay, I don't know, last year when we quit irrigating, we got a ass load of rain. I mean, a bunch of rain, and the fields were muddy. I didn't defoliate one field last year with the sprayer. We had we had to have the plane do every single field. I'm talking wow. every yeah. field, yeah. Because it, yeah, I mean, it was so wet everywhere. A couple guys tried, and they got their sprayers stuck. And yeah, it didn't rain all summer, and then it come in time to strip, and it, and it rained and rained yeah. and rained last year. Yeah, yeah, man. And 
Uh, so we had the plane spray everything. So when we went out to pick it, it was you know, it was dry enough to get in there, but we packed the shit out of the ground. I mean, we cleated it pretty hard. We didn't rut it up. I mean, I know we packed it. So we went, we disc all of our beds down last year, and we chiseled everything twice, threw beds back up, spread uh, dry fertilizer, and we did some hydrohume on some of the fields. It's like this new... Uh, well, I better not say anything. I was going to call a chem- chemical company out, but I better not, I guess. Anyways, uh, we uh, we did that, and then we, we run like a chopper bar on a 12-row bar. It's got a, a, a ripper point in the front that runs in the furrow, and behind that, a lister runs. And then on top of the bed, there's a chopper. And the, this is a triple bar, yeah. Top of the bed, there's a chopper and then a squirrel cage on the back to kind of bust up the claws. Yeah, okay, we made one of those deals, but we don't run a squirrel cage because our sand is so dirty. Uh, sand, we call them bedrolls up here, down here. Mm. But our sand is so bad, if you, that works on some of our stuff, like east of our headquarters. Yeah, like tighter ground, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's very sandy. Yeah, yeah. Bull, so, do, you, uh, do you ever use any other cover crops to fight that compaction you're talking about, or just wait? Well, dude, I want to. Like, honestly... So I've got a pretty good buddy that worked at Johnston Seed Company up in yeah. and he's like, dude, and he learned a lot. He really did. He learned a lot on different cover crops because that's what he sold. So like he knew like what was good for your soil and whatnot. He's like, y'all got to quit planting wheat. If you're just going to use it for a cover crop and you know you're going to kill it, like don't plant wheat. Plant something that has a way better tap root that will right. actually break your compaction layer up. That way you ain't got to plow all the time. It's, it's just hard not to just do wheat because it's cheap and easy yeah. to do. Yeah. Right, because we have yeah. wheat already. We have wheat in our big bins, so we're like, we're not going to go buy, you know, other seed if we already have it. But, you know, I can only do so much because, my, you know, we already have the seed, and I'm using all my brother's equipment. So, you know, you kind of got to do what they do, I guess, in some of the things. But anyhow, we plowed it, you know, we chiseled it twice, did all that shit, and threw beds up, chopped it in, and then got the cotton planted. That that farm was planted May 16th, like, I think. May 16th. We get a beautiful stand on it, got some uh, rains on it, and then it gets fucking hit hard with 2,4-D damage. Talk, that little cotton, I felt so bad for it. You know, you get such a beautiful stand, and you're proud, and then he gets hit look with that shit, you're just like, yeah, fuck, man. Like, anyways, so, once we got hit with D, we got the water on it. We tried to get, you know, once you put water on it, it kind of grow out of it, kind of, and it did. Well, not a month later, it gets hit again. And so, did you find out who was doing that to you? Okay, this is what everybody around Altus says, and it could be true, could not be. So Altus is 10, well, 12 miles from the state line, straight south of here, Texas, the Red River. And that farm, my farm, is five miles from the state line. So in Texas, everybody around here says it's them Texas boys that are just spraying straight 24D LB6 on their pasture ground 
and they're they don't you know in texas what i heard that it's by county uh the rules change by county on spraying yeah so yeah uh i've got a buddy that farms down there and he said like he's seen guys ranchers it's mostly spraying their pasture ground with just normal lv6 at night when there's literally no wind oh my god and it's just temperature inversion inversion yeah floating up in the air and around here the wind's like 90 percent of the time it's always out of the south that lv that lv6 man that lv6 is the worst thing you can spray too yeah so everything drifts over to altus i'm not kidding guys every single year we get d damage and it's some years it's not bad some year, I, I, my dad said this is the worst year he's ever seen on D damage around Altus. Wow. Yeah. Y'all don't think it's in, from any of the phytogen growers? Now, okay, so let me get on that. So, my quarter is 100, uh, 108 acres uh, is cultivated. The rest, a creek cuts through, uh, two creeks cut through it. And the rest is in big, big mesquite. So I'm talking mesquites that have been there for probably shit i don't know 50 years or something i don't know but they're big 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 mosquitoes anyway so south of me is phytogen cotton and everybody this farmer everybody's kind of been blaming him for some of the damage that's happened around out and i called him i was like hey man you know uh i'm at my farm just got to the bottom end of this field and this d damage is bad i mean like when's the last time that you sprayed and he said i ain't sprayed that farm south of you in two weeks okay all right well i just want to make sure you know because it looks horrible and you know we talked for a bit you know i wasn't pissed you know i just want to try to find an answer you know i wasn't being a dick to him and he was being cool with me you know well i didn't know this at the time but you don't start seeing d damage until about two weeks later is what oh, really yeah it's what a uh, guy at Helena told me that works up there damn i probably should have said that anyway no, do you know what uh what so was that enlist or what was that well, afraid? i mean you never i think the guy would tell the truth but i mean how do you know you know if he's telling the truth or not on what he sprayed he right. said he's been well no 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 what he told me was he was just spraying liberty so he would be oh, safe wow. but I mean, I don't know if he was, you know, telling the truth or not. There's no telling. But I'm starting to believe that it was him because, let's see, west of him, there's another Delta Fine uh, field. They got their cotton dinged up. So in that section, three-quarters of that section is Delta Fine. And then the guy that has the phytogen cotton is the – it would be the southeast quarter. And all the other quarters and got hit with D. I really think it was from him. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one to nail down, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So before we move on to that, I think our deadline for uh 24D to be sprayed is like the last week of April. And then you cannot spray. Yeah, it, I think ours is like May They shut us off that early. Right. It's like May fifteenth, ain't it, Bull, or is it y'all different in Jackson County? Yeah, Jackson County is I want to, for some reason, I think it's the, either the last day of April or April 15th. Because I know in Kiowa County, yeah, you're in Kiowa County. 
We've got yeah. some stuff in Kiowa County, and I knew the, de the deadline was a little farther down the road. Than, yeah. than what it was, you know, in Jackson County. I know we always try to wait as long as we can to spray our pastures because it's be right when people start to plant cotton because of the mesquite trees. you got to wait for them to bud out really good before you want to kill them, you know. So you want to try to get them while you can. But So what are you, what are you spraying you? on mesquites? You're spraying D on We're not. We need to be spraying uh, like Sendero or something, but we're just, we've just been using the uh, uh, Amine, 240 Amine and the ally for our weeds you know that's just, that's all we're doing it, it defoliates the trees they always come back but if you do it every year eventually they'll die out right but, right so we sprayed sendero one year and it is like 90 dollars an oh. acre what we sprayed is it that high but i thought it was like boys 30. it works man i've, I've it heard works. it works it's a one-time deal and it works but uh, yeah. See, I always heard it was like 30 to $35 an acre, though. Maybe it's different rates. I don't know. But. What they were telling me that year, it was 94 And we were going for several things at once. Yeah. But even then, I don't know how you get it up to be that much. We sprayed it late. Let's see. That was kind of around August. It was in August when we sprayed. I, you would, But it probably depends on how big the mesquites are. I mean, you wouldn't think it'd kill a big old 10 we were going after some big ones. That 4730 I got was brand new. Uh, that would have been like 16 that we did that. And uh, maybe it was 17. And I was going for some big ones, man. We we were overgrown pretty bad. And then you get a bunch of them little brush ones. Yeah. It'll yeah. Kill those, them all. yeah. It'll kill so what kind of, what, do you, what rate do you run? Like a quart or what? Oh, I don't even know. That was way back. I wasn't having to worry about that. I was just a sprayer guy back yeah. then. Yeah, throw, throw it in and spray. I haven't sprayed any since. I just had the plane do mine this year, and I, I forgot what the rate was. But uh, on the, you know, quart acre or whatever. But all I did was the amine and the ally. So, but my mosquitoes come back because it was too early. I did it too early. I really needed to do it a month later. But like you said, the cutoff, you know, so I couldn't. But, uh, what is that ally? I don't even know about ally. Uh, I, I'm not real sure myself. I think it's come more like a pre-emergent, but I may be wrong. Okay, yes. Y'all hear that in my in my phone? In Kyle? What is it? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, there's a bunch out here. I'm outside. Feels good out here. Yeah, I'm out. Is that you that's getting all the wind in the mic? No, it could be. Probably, Boom. I don't know. Is it is it bad? Sometimes. Uh, every now and then you'll just hear it. I'm right. outside too, but I'm in my pickup. I'm a. I watch the sunset, water in the yard, just sit out here enjoying it. Yeah, but dude, hey, that sunset was about, beautiful. I, yeah, I watched it, it go down too. Hey, one other thing, bull. Uh, on that phytogen cotton, you know the guys spraying that. Have I mean, like up here, we started having so much trouble with it. You know, with, with D damage too. Right. That eventually everybody just switched to phytogen just to. So they can protect themselves, which I know you don't want to do that. But is there, are you seeing more and more of that in your area, or is it more, you know, people sticking to their guns on the Delta Pine and Donegro seed? So that guy that drifted on my stuff, he has been, he has always been a Delta Pine guy. And, you know, die hard. I ain't plant nothing else. But he just eventually got tired of it his stuff getting dinged up over the years and he's went 100 percent 
fighting it this year. That's what, and, I was, that's what I've been afraid of for all you guys because once one guy does it, you spread out a little, then you almost all have to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, and that kind of pissed us off, too, because east of our barn, uh, two miles, that guy has an 80. And literally on every side of that field is Delta Pine Cotton. We're just like, dude, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah, just work with us here. So, you know, we ain't got to, you know, and what sucks is we're south. We have an 80 south of his field. And, dude, the, the wind here, like I said, it's always out of the south. So, like, I have I have to have a north wind to spray that, that, that 80 of ours. Or I right. spray with Liberty. Hey. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but uh, Tex, are you listening to this pod on this deal? Are you listening to the speakers in your pickup? No, I'm on the speakers of my phone. Okay, I just wonder. I could go on an echo coming back. But, uh, yeah, it's better now. Yeah. It, anyway, yeah. Uh, I guess I had it too close to my face or something. Is that going Oh, uh, okay. Uh, one other thing I was going to ask you on that. So... Hydrogen cotton. Like up here, what we did, you know, we started getting dinged up, like you said. We got it. We got together with about, I'd say, thirty of us, and uh, we called for a meeting. You know, everybody around, all our neighboring farmers, and actually, CR is the one that put it on. He's a good guy that has that feedlot. Yeah, he's a great and, guy. Uh, we all, we all met. Yeah. At, his, at the feed yard, we all met at the feed yard one evening. We sat down in the room. He served burgers, and he's, you know, we just sat down and we had a discussion. He said, we need to figure out, you know, so we don't ding each other up who's planting what and which ones are, you know, which ones are diehard, non-grow, diehard, biotic, and cotton guy. You know, so we so we did. We went around the room, had our plan out. And, and you get into a, a mess sometimes, like, with financing with the seed, you know, who's you, if you get approved through them or that. Right. Uh Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, but we came to the conclusion that everybody east of 183 on Highway 183 all planted biotogen, and everybody west of 183 was they planted uh, the other, you know, the, the dicamba cotton. Right. So, and that it worked a lot. I mean, there's still a few that couldn't do it, but you know, you're careful around them, you know, and you. Know, but we know, you know, who is what. You yeah, know, that's it smart. has helped. It, it has helped a lot, and I've even considered, and this may sound crazy, I've even, even considered maybe getting an app that, uh, we need to have an app created that you can you can plug in what your, where your fields are at, what you planted, what time, and either that or you can flag, you know, you can flag every field, but you'll probably do that anyway, don't you? Yeah, we A lot of our ours. neighbors do down here. Uh, that's the deal. It just wears you out. Especially the first of the season, calling to all of your neighbors. Hey, what yep. do you got? What do you got? We're going to be spraying this wind. And, uh, yeah, it'd make for a lot better neighbors if everybody had that app. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I hope someone listens to this that knows how to make apps and they holler at us. Because <laughs> that would be really ideal, I think, that everybody just, as they plant their cotton or even the seed reps could plug them in for you, you know, through through Helena or, or Nutrient Ag or wherever, you know, and they maybe they could do something like that and, and get it, you know, where you could all, anybody could log in and look it up and see what's next to them, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a headache, though, like you said, you hate to get dinged up every year, 
but uh, so that where I was cutting all those grass circles where Maverick did that flyby. Uh, yeah. That guy's all phytogen, and that's uh, contracted for seed block. And he was telling me about that phytogen, and man, it looked pretty good to be honest with you. It was so dark green and good looking. And then we went 12 miles south down to his delta pine, and that phytogen really looked a lot better than the uh, delta pine. See, up in my area, I it depends. That delta pine's hard to beat. But that uh, we've had really good luck with phytogen in our area too. But I could see both sides. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't want to leave that delta pine and dinogro stuff behind, and I can see why because it's good too. But uh, that 1646 is probably my favorite delta pine. I've, I've seen a lot of good fields of that. But like you say, you, you see it get dinged up with D. It really makes you wonder what you can do different. But you know, it makes you sick. But I don't know. Bull, are you still on here? Oh, man, maybe he's not. It says he's connected. I thought it sounded like maybe he got kicked off. Uh, but. Well, I don't know. It says he's connected still. I guess we'll just keep going. So, in uh, 17, we got a huge uh, storm July 4th, uh, about July 1st, because it was July 4th when we went back and started planting hay grazer and all that. It was real late in the year, and you couldn't do anything. It right. was a big rain, and it eliminated every bit of delta pine we had Jeez. and like where you had next gen right next to it it didn't even like that that plant was fine but it eliminated that delta pine and we used to hmm. grow some here and there it never was a huge amount i think it, there was a couple of years that we all of our dry land would be delta pine and uh this was way back before dicamba but uh after that year, we've been 100% next gen. Uh, I think all of our dry land is 45-45 this year. Yeah, I've, this is the first year I've planted all phytogen, and uh, I, I've been happy with it. i got a great stand, and it's all, you know, been good other than it just hadn't rained any. So you can't expect anything out of it if it never rains. Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah. You know, I bet I haven't had a I, – I bet you I've – money i haven't had more than seven or eight tenths of rain on my cotton on anywhere the whole summer since it since the day it got planted to now it's had less than an inch for sure so it looks pretty good for the amount of rain it's got i'm not gonna yes yeah it does it looks good for the amount of rain it's had but i'm afraid it ain't gonna make enough to pay the bills but that's just part of it do you have any estimate on your yield right now or is it still too early for you it's still a little early but i'm guessing it's gonna if I'm lucky, it'll push 300 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it ain't going to be good. That was about my but, guess, 300. Yeah. We'll see. It, it could, you know, if it goes to rain in this month, it, it could load up and, and do all right. But Save what it it's got, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I haven't even been down around the farm enough to talk about the last month. I don't even know what our dry land is looking by. like. That stuff around our house is not looking too good, even our irrigated. It's just like, our water is so weak we can't keep up with it. We're all groundwater out of the Ogallala, and uh, our water is real weak south of Lubbock. Well, you mean it's getting weak, like hard to get, harder and harder to pump? We can't pump down. enough of it to keep up. Oh, okay. Uh, and then some the of it is pretty brackish. Enough? Say that again. 
Is it because the whale's not strong enough, or just it's that hot right now? Uh, the aquifer is so low that uh, your well will pump more than uh, you have water, so it'll make like a little vortex underground and pump air. I got And you. if you pump very much air with your well, you'll burn that pump up. So everything's that... just squeezed way back down. We just don't have enough water in the aquifer. That's what I was afraid of. Is that... Uh... A big scare to you guys, to everybody around y'all's area, that that aquifer is going to just continue to degrade and eventually y'all won't have any groundwater? So, like, I went to California, you know, and they're real worried about subsidence, and you sent us that deal on YouTube talking about subsidence. Uh, They have so much water, and I guess they really do have a problem with the ground falling, and we don't. We've got a lot more topsoil between us and the aquifer. Um. So, like, California is so proactive about doing something about their water management. And we don't have anything. Like, you have the High Plains, High Plains Water District, but all they want to know is your well spacing, like when you go to drill a new well. And then they go around and do a test on the drop of the aquifer every year, and it's always about, like, a foot and a half. When you have a drought, it's definitely more than that. But area-wide, it's, over, it's a little over a foot every year. Um, see, I, the reason I asked is because I was I just jack around on YouTube a bunch, and I got to looking at the Ukulala Aquifer a lot, and uh, was just curious about what farmers were saying about it because I, I I read something about it, and they there was a guy up in I think it was southwestern Kansas. Uh, he was uh, really upset that his you know same situation he was getting a lot weaker and weaker and. Uh, he said eventually he's afraid that by the time his son takes over, there ain't going to be any groundwater left, and they're, and they're scared that, you know, once they're going to be dry land pretty quick. And and they didn't. I didn't know if y'all, you know, if it was that bad or not. Really, the only guys that can do anything about it, because all the recharge area is in Nebraska and then some part of uh, Kansas. I don't know if it's all of Kansas, but it's definitely some of it. And, like, where we are, our water is so deep, and we're so dry, we really don't recharge the aquifer at all. So all of our right. recharge comes out of Nebraska and Kansas and floats down to us. Right. And we suck way more out than our recharge can handle. And really, honestly, the mindset is just pump it till it's gone. And if you don't use it, your neighbor's going to use it. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, you even if y'all cut back, your neighbor won't. So you got to – I hate it, but eventually, you know, you – you put enough straws in it, and it's eventually going to suck dry. But it's going to be like that everywhere, I'm afraid. But, I mean, I don't know. They say that thing recharges off the Rockies. I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that. It know. might. Any, rev, any river that's flowing across Ogallala and then uh, really the hills in Nebraska. Yeah, we got you, Bull. You back? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Some bitch won't, won't wouldn't. I don't know. I got my pickup so I could sit down. <laughs> and uh, it connected to the Bluetooth, so I connected oh. it, and I can still hear you guys. I've been yelling and pissing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I saw it said you're still connected, but we've had a good conversation about the aquifer. Yeah, I've heard everything. I've been trying to chime <laughs> in, but shit. <laughs> so what do you got to say about all this? Okay, so how deep are y'all's wells out there, Tex? Like, so how like far do y'all got to go down? In Lubbock, they're around 150, 120. And then my area in Bailey County, uh, so we we own a sailing lake 
and that lake sits right on top of the aquifer. And you do get some recharge from those lakes, but ours is so tight and clayey mm. that the water really just sits there and evaporates off. Yeah, it don't seep through the ground at all. Uh, the other lakes around, they do. They're pretty porous. And so that farm that I'm always griping about being so salty. Yes, it's yeah. It's one mile from a great big lake, Coyote Lake. And that water is so brackish coming out of that lake. Because those lakes, all that salt comes out of the air. And over thousands and thousands of years, all the uh, water evaporates off the top. And it leaves all the solids. All the mm, yeah. So you just sense. have a salty bed of sand. And it will blow off, but it's, it never blows off enough to blow that. that your ground's just salt. Oh, yeah. And mm. so that water that permeates down to the aquifer is salt also. Right. So, gosh damn it, I forget. Go ahead, Do y'all have a lot of salt in the water that you're pumping out as far like, do y'all have to treat it or anything, or you just pump it out? Uh, We're going to start trying to put some gypsum out like everybody else does. Like, I went over to California, and they put gypsum out everywhere, every year. Yep. And uh, I never really heard anybody that was doing that around us, but Bull puts it out every year, too. And, uh... We're pretty far from getting any, and it's going to be pretty expensive. But we need—we've got to do something because we just don't grow anything on our, on that circle anymore. Yeah. That circle's so on a labor. Germinate. Yes, germination's my hardest part. Like that plant will be two weeks behind, coming out of the ground and getting started, and then all year long it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, so on your salt, so our salty pivot that we've got, I freaking hate it because the pivot that's on it's a piece of shit. I got to work on it all the time. But do do y'all plow it every year or leave it alone? So we got worried about the more you plowed it, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so we we're going into no-till with it. This, this year is the last year we're going to try and plow it. Right. See, what our thinking was on our salty pivot was we tried it, that gypsum. What it does is tries to help your salts leach through the ground and, you know, sink. Quit staying on your topsoil. Right. So what our thinking was we try to, right after we get the cotton off, we shred the stalks and then we will chisel it hard or we rip it hard. And when we... We well, we put the gypsum out first, and then we you know we work it into the soil. But we rip it hard so it'll try to help them salts leach on down, and then we plant the cover crop. Okay, yeah, oh, I got all you. right. So, I thought you just uh, you just straight no tilled the wheat right in. You know, I didn't. You, no, I didn't realize you had to do. All, do y'all do that on every farm every year? Hell no, or? no, okay. just that one. No, man, I mean, we really, we try to not disturb the soil whatsoever. I'm not kidding, dude. Especially, like, I'm hardcore believing it now, especially after hearing old Power Plant describe everything that he does. God, that's Me, just dude. so, yeah. that's Me heartwarming too. right there. Like, it just makes you want to just take care of your soil, just, you know, so much especially more. With, especially for just farming cotton. Yes. Like, I think. Man, you don't know how bad I wish I would have been farming like you have been the last two years. It's come off so dry. Yeah. If I would have had some cover, it would have made a big difference. Oh, yeah. That's what saved my cotton this year. Uh, When we first planted it, 
Okay, yep. so, you know, I told y'all, you know, we chiseled everything twice and uh, threw the beds back up. We chopped in the fer- the dry fertilizer, and then we so but we planted them way too early. We were behind. We didn't have enough help. Our H2A guys, they have to go home in the beginning of January. So, I mean, we were we didn't have enough help to run all the equipment to get across it faster, and we uh we got the oats in like the beginning of April. It was way we shouldn't. I, I mean, I'm glad we did. We, we but we, then we had to kill them too early, you know. Right. Like the they end, the end of April, because we start planting. We were we thought we were gonna start planting, you know, May first. But I wonder what know. would happen if you didn't kill them first and you just had to plant and you let them keep growing a little ways a little while and then just go back to round up and kill them dude i you know we thought about that too but dude we're just too scared that yeah that freaking cotton seed is expensive we want to make sure we've got enough moisture there that every damn seed comes up it would rob you so fast it wouldn't even be funny yeah Um, even if you turn the water on yeah, and we can't do that, you know, on some of our farms. You know, on pivots, of course, we can. We we can turn the water on. But, shit, on our road water that we get out of the lake, I mean, you have to have so many orders put in for them to open up the gates at the canal. I right. mean, you can't just, you know, hey, I need water here, you know. Can. Yeah. You've got to have so many orders put in. And then, you know, the irrigation district, like, all right, we got to get our shit together. Let's get our... Let's get all these pickups ready to go. Which I mean, they're they're really already they're ready to go. But they kind of, I don't know. It's really the board members that kind of decide on when we start. My uncle, my dad's brother, he's on the board, and it's it kind of goes off. Of, you get a lot of people that get upset with that lake, you know, because they want it for recreation, and they. But that, at the end of the day, we built that lake for irrigation, and that's what I tell people every day. I know, I know you like going out in the lake with your boats and having fun, but you know when it when it gets sucked low, that, that's what it was built for. That's why you know, and I support it 100. percent You know, as a farmer, you gotta you gotta take care. You gotta use it for what it was built for too. So yeah, uh, it it yeah, it's a double edged sword on that, but you know, that's, that's why they built it is for irrigation, not recreation. So that's right. Bull. Tell everybody more about Lake Luger. How cool is it right now? Okay. All right. Lake Luger, when they first, when we first built that back in the 50s, I'm about to give you the whole spill text. Get it. Lay it on me, big dog. It's interesting. Okay. So we, not we, well, I guess I could include myself now that I'm into it now. But back in the 50s is when they started the idea of this lake. Now, Lake Luger was a town. It actually, the, the town is in the lake. It's like on the on the edge of the lake, and it uh, it was already in a low area, anyways. And the North Fork Red River is what feeds that lake. And anyways, back in the fifties, that's when they had the idea of doing this lake. We you know we didn't have to build too much of a dike on the south end of it. And, I mean, really, it was just a huge valley, you know, really, to hold it all. And yeah, that, that river was just going right by all this time. And they, yeah, yep, and yep. They realized they could divert that river, you know, just a little bit and then yeah. bring it right back into it. So. Yeah, yeah. And so, but first they had to, 
see if every, you know, they had to ask a bunch of farmers, you know, if they'd be willing to sign their farms up to irrigate out of there. And, you know, some farmers were like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. And, you know, some were like, nah, that ain't ever going to happen. Y'all never get that, you know, you know, because you have to go through the government, EPA. Well, in the 50s, probably didn't have to worry about the EPA. But, I mean, it was a government-funded deal, you know. Right. But, anyway, so some farmers didn't think it had happened. And uh, they regret it, you know, now because none of their fields ain't irrigated. Mm. Anyways, so I think it was, I want to say 56 is when they finished that. Got the dam built I, and whatnot. I, so, I need it's a like, look. I need to look it all up. See, there was was there a dilemma about the town of Luger at that time, or was it already a tornado already wiped it out, and that's why they decided to do it? Yes, I think you're right on that. I think it was a tornado. I'd like to do, uh, do some more research on it too. You know, I've, um, I've looked up a little on YouTube. They had some videos over, and it's interesting. But I forgot. I, it's been too long. Yeah, but. yeah. So they put them. Then they had to get all the canals dug. Around Altus, the the main canal that runs from the lake down here to Al, well, it gets to Blair first, a little town that's north of Altus, and then comes on down to Altus, and uh, and it goes south of Altus a ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes nine miles south of Altus. Okay. Yep, nine miles, and uh, it's it's really is amazing how it all works. And it's all just gravity flow. You know, there's nothing that and. When it goes, when it comes out of the lake, it actually has to go under the river, under the North Fork River. There's a what do they See, call I, that? I wondered how they did that. I never have seen. I've seen how it. When you drive by it, you can't really see that. You no, know, and you, I wonder how they crossed the river with that canal. Yeah, yeah. I my dad's been there. He's looked down. I think they call that a, a siphon or something. But um, no, that don't sound right. Something that they call it that you know that contraption that goes underneath the river, but I mean he says it's kind of cool looking because you look down the you know it's canal you know and then it just drops down and get the water just goes down this huge slide I guess you could say because you know it wraps around the mountain Quartz Mountain the canal yeah, does yeah and yeah. then it goes you know down underneath the river and he said you know you're just looking down into a black hole really. See, I didn't know it went underneath the river. I, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it, uh, I think, you know, over the past 50 years, there's been some people that have got down in there and died, you know, couldn't get out. And, I bet they did. Wow. But it goes under there. Yeah, you don't play in the main canal. That is like a huge no-no. If you see anybody, like, playing in the main canal, I mean, you try, you get over there, you pull on the side of the road, and you tell them to get out because – that undercurrent will grab you, and you oh, ain't gonna yeah. cu- you ain't gonna come back up. Not until you get to a check. <laughs> yeah, and by that time, I mean you already whipped around, probably hitting rocks, and but man, I'd, I'd really like to. I would. And it kind of makes you wish you were born back then, just to see one hundred percent them oh, yeah. huge ass canals, you know, because. Some of it, you know, they had to use, you know, just track hose constantly, digging dirt out. And then some of them, they had these huge, uh, I think they, 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 it was like a ditcher. Like and a they, V. Yeah, wheel. and they pull yeah. it with two uh, dozer blades. But that main canal, I don't think there was a big enough ditcher to, to get that one dug. I, they I had know, to have a, done a different. That's a monster. It's a, it's it's not as big as those ones as that text was showing us in California, but it's big. It's deep. 
Yeah. Really? Deep. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and so it gets on down here and goes to Blair, and then you've got, you know, a bunch of canals that break off, and, you know, they go east, west, you know, and all that jazz, and then gets to Altus, and actually the canal cuts through Altus, uh, across Tamarack, and uh, goes south of Altus, right by the junior high, Altus Junior High, and uh, there's they've the irrigation district has updated a lot of stuff because you know you've got to count when you open the canal you and the it's soaking up all that water uh so they've when they open it up they don't just crank the bit they've they've got a, a i wish i knew more about it. i ain't educated very well on it my dad's and my uncle knows a lot more on it, but you know the they've got to get the whole thing soaked first, you know, because this is dry, dry, dry. So it soaks up a lot of water. There's a lot of evaporation, and uh, by the time it gets out, I think when they close the gate uh, or when they open the gate, by the time it gets to out, it takes about five days. One more question for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, on the irrigation deal, you know, this spring when it was flooding and everything was going over, I guess it was right at the clock planting time, a little before. Yeah, you know, April. It was still going over the spillway. You know, I went and looked at it, and it was just they had the gates all opened up, you know, all, all nine gates to the dam opened up. Yep. Why couldn't they go ahead and, and soak that canal with all that Dude, water? They were just we going out the, the same thing. Like, why not just open it up? You've already, you're already wasting water with right. gates open. All, all that was just being wasted. And I was like, man, why don't they go ahead and open the canal and at least let it fill up and be ready to soak? Yeah. 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 That's a good and question. I didn't know, I didn't we know we asked why. the same thing. But, okay. you know, we're not, I don't know. We're just the farmers down here. We don't have much. Uh, right say so on it well i didn't know if you had any insight on that i was curious because that's that is a little aggravating it coming from their you know the recreational side of it there's no reason to ever waste water like that yeah especially in this area they they must have a a reason behind it i would like to know yeah yeah i'm sure they've got a reason uh what's crazy though is you know back in april when we got all them rains they I think it's the Army Corps of Engineers. That's uh, it's like a little app that you can get on your phone, and it'll tell you different parts of the river, rivers in Altus, what they're flowing, what CFS they're flowing, and yeah. they got a big, a big rain up in the watershed. Which the watershed for the the, the North Fork is Sayer, uh, Carter area, uh, Pampa. What else? Kind of, you know, just wherever the river is, that's where the watershed is. Right. Anyways, they look at you look at that app, and they knew a bunch of water was starting was going to start coming down the river. So they they opened up the gates before the water even, you know, the big flood that was coming down the river before it even got right. there. Because one time, my dad said back in the day. He said they didn't open up the gates soon enough, and when it fi- when they finally opened up the gates, there was such a huge amount of water going 
through the gates and over the spillway that down the river where all them trailer houses are, it flooded all mm. of them. Mm. What? See, it did that this year. I didn't know if you knew that. What? But right behind, there was a lot of those uh, houses back behind the dam got, got water up to them this year. Well, I think I, it got up to them. But my dad said that, like, years ago, like, it flooded the houses wow. bad. I would be almost scared to live right behind that. Yeah, family. my mom, my mama Dippy, my dad's mom, she lived there. My dad kind of grew up on that lake, and she was a lake rat. She loved it. I didn't get to meet her. She died the same year that I was born, but it's uh, she was there's. I hear so many stories about her, you know, and you, you I always wish I could have met her. But she, oh, you could only imagine the stories they could tell about that dam being built. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, so much history there. But uh, kind of cool, behind her house, her trailer house on that river, they found uh, a mammoth tusk big oak. What? Yeah. Elaborate, elaborate. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, We've got a – so that's our deal up around here, especially Tucker. The Clovis people, That when they were digging the railroad for Clovis, New Mexico, that's when they found all those uh, old ancient remains. Oh, they wow. They dug up a, a mammoth, and everybody in the town of uh, Clovis came and took those bones. Oh, and, shit. Uh, there's a, accountings of people using them, those big mammoth bones as doorstops in their house. Call <laughs> <laughs> me damned. You got to love the people from back then. Yeah, but like I was saying about Coyote Lake, that big sailing lake, uh, they found Clovis artifacts around that lake. Um, so there's a bunch of those sailing lakes two miles from each other, mm-hmm. just uh, boom, 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 and all the Native Americans would migrate from lake to lake. And uh, you always find arrowheads around those lakes. Damn it, dude! I've always wanted to find a freaking arrowhead. You never have found one around you? No, I've never. A bunch. Yeah, I've never found an arrowhead. Like I'm not, well, I'm on the sprayer, uh, which is kind of hard to see the ground, anyways. But dude, I'm constantly looking like for deer sheds, uh, yeah. antlers, yeah. you know, anything. Yeah. I found I'm, some oh. interesting things with the doing the dozer work. You know, I, I've found some interesting things. I've always been afraid of finding the body or something you know yeah but, and the, okay and grandpa, got a story about that oh my come grandpa, on son my grandpa found a cemetery that no one knew about with his dozer one time no <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they got it off they got it all fenced off south of hobart down oh wow he found it i think he was working on the landfill or, or something he was on a i believe he was on a, a, a greater blade at the time or maybe a, a dozer but he uh <laughs> <laughs> he got into one, and he called some authorities out, and they got to investigate, and there ended up being like 14 grave sites there. So, <laughs> oh my was it a cemetery, or was it a burial ground? It's just like a burial ground, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. wow. So, crazy. Time. So, <clears throat> our neighbors were building fence. This is, I don't know, it might have been back in the 90s. They were digging post holes by hand, and uh, one of these hands right on top of a lady's head and uh, they bury those people in a prone position <laughs> and she was kneeled around a big giant pot of beads what and they found her and took her to tech how'd they find her again digging a post hole wow right on top of her head wow that's crazy dude 
you talk about something that'll send chills down your bone. I got them right now. <laughs> yeah, man. So what, what was surrounded like Uh, so okay, she's in the prone position, you know. Okay. Yeah. And her head's to the top of the earth. Yeah. Okay, she's kneeled around a pile, uh, a jar of beads. Beads. Like so like a little beads? jar, a pot of trinkets. Oh, okay. Dude, that's uh, a little different there. And they, came, Texas Tech came and dug her up and hauled her to Tech. Did so my uncle, he's the head librarian at Texas Tech. That's cool. And he will never tell you anything, but apparently he is the, uh, we heard it from another guy we ran into and we told, uh, I can't say his name. <laughs> anyway, uh, apparently he is world renowned for his knowledge of the Comanche, all the tribes around the Let's, Texas Panhandle and New Mexico. That's what I was going to ask you. They ever find out her heritage, like on a, was it an Indian or was it, what, what, who, why oh, would they she was definitely like an Indian. Yeah, that's what I Indian. figured. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, cool. So there's a wagon trail that goes around that lake we have. Our lake is Monument Lake, and it goes to Fort Sumner, and you can still see that wagon trail where they go around our plateau. Huh. And there's a big, giant cave in that plateau, and, man, I wish you could go back in history and stop this guy from doing what he did. So everybody learned how to water ski in that lake that we had because it's super flat and it holds water, like I said. Compared to all the other ones, is this the like that? Like in the seventies, the aquifer was full. Yeah, or a lot more full, Mm. and so you didn't have so much water going down under the ground. So everybody learned how to water ski in that lake. It's ninety nine acres, and when it gets full, it's one hundred and fifty acres. So there was a cave in that plateau. I'll show you guys a video of that. And this guy that bought it in the fifties, he dynamited that cave. What? Because he was so sick of people coming across his land and looking in that cave. <laughs> and you hear all kinds of rumors. And, I mean, you know there was Indian paintings in there. And that's oh, a lot yeah. of the rumors you hear. And then it was rumored that Jesse James hit out in there a lot. But Dang. it looked like a pretty good cave. It was real wide and not too tall and not very deep, like 20 feet deep. But uh, you definitely understand how people were living in there it's funny yeah. how those older old timers you know they get aggravated at people coming on their land and do drastic things well i uh my, my great grandpa the the first farm i ever rented it's it's school land and uh he had it before me and then my grandpa had it and then i got it my dad it's well no my dad dad had it for a little while too anyway uh well my great grandpa had it it's got one of the big flood control dams on it like i was showing you all in that place i was just bought oh yeah yeah and uh, it used to be back, you know, 70s, sometime in their 80s. It would stay full all the time. They were, you know, they built them in the late 60s, so they weren't silted up too bad yet. And uh, he said there's the best fishing hole around. I mean, it's just full of fish. And it was like a big lake. You could take a boat out there or whatever. And he got tired of people leaving the gate open and letting his cows out. So one day he got so aggravated, he went out there and opened up the dam and drained it. Damn. <laughs> it has a... Wow. Has a has the open, you know, you could open the gates to it, and uh, he he drained it, killed all the fish and everything. He, he was fed up. I was like, man, I wish he wouldn't have done that. Don't don't you think uh, padlock is cheaper than draining a dam and killing all the fish? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good lord.
but I still get aggravated thinking about it, like how good of a fishing hole I could have, or even you know, just it is just kind of not even for fishing, just to the, the thought of it, I guess, kind of aggravates but you. But you talk about the historical significance, right? Of that cave getting blown up. Yeah, man. It breaks your heart. You can still see where it is if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. Y'all ever come down, I'm definitely showing it to you because it's amazing. So there's a, this cave? a cave you can see off the quartz mountain off the highway, but I ain't never been there. <laughs> uh. No, I ain't seen it. Uh, so, Tex, this lake, is that the same lake that old, uh, what's that old big boy? Hen, or Austin. Is that the same lake he's been no. going to? No, no, no. That that one's Alan Henry. So that's where Lubbock gets its water supply from. Oh, okay. Uh, they built that lake, I don't know when. It probably would, it was a long time ago. That's when you could ever build lakes, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I got to express built, more on that one. Lubbock built that lake, Alan Henry, for the sole purpose of having water for the city. Right. It's, uh, Man, I don't ever go to that lake anymore because that's Lubbock's playground. And it's always busy. Yeah. Anyway, in 2011, so Lubbock and Amarillo suck a lot of water out of Lake Meredith. And they drained Lake Meredith in like 2012, probably even 2011. So Lubbock finally decided they were going to spend all the money to put in a desalination plant. And that's right by my house. I'll show you guys pictures of that. They built this huge pond, and they pump all that water out of Allen Henry up to us. I think it's it might be seventy miles from Lubbock, and they pump it uphill. Oh damn! And uh, that man, I can't even tell y'all anymore. I think that's a ten a ten foot pipe <laughs> that is uh, is all concrete, you know, coming six. 70 miles into Lubbock. Goodness gracious. Anyway, you can see that desalination plant from my house. It's just, a, we got a, we've got two farms right by it. And, uh, it's something. They say there's even fish out of there that get by the pumps. Yeah. There's fish in that desalination plant. Yeah. So the you... amount of geese and current, well, it's just geese around here. Yeah. That are in that thing in the winter is gross. Yeah. I'm it's sure. Gross. I'm sure. Well, you said, you know, back when you could actually make a lake. So, Boots, I don't know if you've heard of this yet, but there's thoughts of making another lake in between Hedrick and Snyder. Oh, really? Yep. Um, it, there, you know, it's a huge valley there, and the North Fork would feed into it. Uh, it's right there when you pass Hedrick, if you're, go, if you're eastbound. And it'd be right there pretty much where the river is. And they thought about putting one there, but I don't think it'll ever go through because there's so much, you know, rules and regulations now. Now, EPA. nowadays, it's three times as hard as it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever. Yeah. <laughs> quit, going north, quit going south of me and go north of me where I can get some more. Yeah. Actually, you know what's crazy is that uh, if you get over east of my house and on my farms around Rainy Mountain, I don't know if you know where that's at. All that water runs north and not south. Whoa! No it's crazy. It's crazy. I I couldn't believe it, but it, it does. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, right. but but you know we thought of you know we thought more on this lake deal. You know if they did it at Hedrick, 
And okay, so Elm Creek, which it which dumps into the North Fork, yeah. it's uh, over there, kind of like granite in between Blair and Granite. That's uh, Elm. Okay, that that river that river starts out of a salt spring, and you want to talk about salty? Oh my lord! <laughs> I went up there to Vinson, which is northwest of Mangum. And yeah. I, I took my razor up there, my wife and kid, and we rode out in there in that river. And dude, like you get like you'd be riding through the river, and that water would splash up onto the razor. And when yeah. the water would run off, like you would see all the salt on your razor. Like if you got it on your arm, and it would the water would go off, like your arm would be white. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's how salty it is. So we're like, if I thought, that was really good on your razor. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I washed that thing like hard when I got back to the barn. But that's like our lake, man. Yeah, like that's what we were thinking. You know, if Elm, if Elm Creek or Elm River, it's actually a creek. But if it's gonna dump into the salt fort, and if they damn make another lake down there, that lake water is just gonna be salty, salty, salty. Like I don't think it'd be you would want to pump that on. Onto your ground if they made it an in irrigation lake, yeah. So, but then my brother was like, you know, they could if if it would work, they could just dam up that creek way up, you know, where that salt spring is, and maybe it would quit running. I was like, yeah, yeah. but you've, you've got guys that are down that creek that probably the cows drink out of out of it, you know, and you just piss a bunch of people off. But well, okay, yeah. that's our deal. So back in the 70s, they looked at putting water in our sailing lakes, the feasibility about pumping down the Mississippi all the way up to us. What the fuck? You talk about going like 500 feet about 500 feet above sea level to 3,900. Yeah. Talk about energy. The government was looking at storing water in those sailing lakes. And uh, my granddad says it's the best. If you take any percent of the water they're used to away from them, they're going to throw absolute hell on it. Yeah. You've got an average that everybody, that the whole economy is built, is used to. And if you go to taking any of that away right now, any time, except in like a flooding event, right? pretty often anymore, it seems. Yeah. But if you take any of that water away, they're never going to let you sign off on that deal no no and the only way to see that i could think about it working is you dump it up there in nebraska and all that recharge in the sand hills right and let it filter down and float through all of the ogallala is the only way i could make it work yeah 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 you're getting some benefit out of it that way so text you call them you're calling them saline lakes is that the same as playa lakes i've heard them called playa lakes is that the same so thing? like a a playa lake playa, is like okay. a lake that's real dark, dark, dark dirt. Okay. And uh, so, like, every section, I'm not kidding. You look at an aerial map, like a satellite map of this area, uh-huh. every section has one playa lake in it. <laughs> Damn. It's insane. Anyway, so that's, like, a big deal for the migratory birds and just, like, the all-around habitat. Right. But a sailing lake... It's just a big salt lake. It's huge. So, like, a fly lake is a couple acres, and a sailing lake is, like, way over 80. Oh, shit. Oh, I was not thinking that big. 
Yeah, I'll send y'all some satellite pictures of the ones around us. That Coyote Lake is real big, and then there's one right across the border in New Mexico by Portales. It's called Salt Lake. Yeah. Dude, that thing depresses you so much in the winter. It blows all winter long. It never holds any water. And anytime the wind's blowing like 25 miles an hour, which is all the time in the winter, <laughs> it's just a giant cloud of sand in the air, salt in the air. Yeah. That's what it, it depresses you big like, time. The wind out there, I thought the wind blew here, but y'all ain't got no damn trees out there to slow anything down. Like the wind no. blows out there. <laughs> Like, I can't believe that, like, y'all didn't go to cover crops before we did here, you know, because, God, y'all constantly just fight sand out there. Y'all got sand fighters. Yeah, they're way worse than we are on that. Yeah. Like, our deal that scares everybody with the cover crops, so where the ranch is, we get 18 inches a year, and we're way under that this year. Yeah. But in Lubbock, you get 24, and the dirt's a lot better around Lubbock also. Right. Um... The just the rainfall is what scares everybody off a cover crop. What do you mean? And like, like I don't understand. You don't have enough water for your summer crop for your cash crop. Um, so so y'all are trying to year, conserve as much 18, water as you can. Y'all don't want yeah. the, your cover crop sucking up any moisture. I I get that, but at the same time, that's how you conserve the water. Okay, the cover crops did, you know. Yeah. yeah, and you can't tell anybody to that. It's like old farmer. Oh yeah, um, old school. We've never got... done it before, also. Yeah. So this year, uh, last, the fall of eighteen was the first cover crop we did. And we planted it across everything we have. And when I was running the planter, I ran our sixteen row planter all some all May long, you know. Right. And. Everywhere you had a big, luscious cover crop that you killed out, the bigger that crop was, the better it was. Anywhere you had, like, a blank spot, like we were having problems with our grain drills, losing chains on them. Oh, yeah. So you'd have, like, four rows that didn't make anything. Yeah. I mean, it still helped you. You didn't have to worry about blowing sand, but it was drier than that giant cover crop. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it's all wheat. you kill it, it's like a blanket, like an insulation blanket. It's like putting... It's like putting mulch in a garden. Yeah. Or in a flower bed. Yeah. You know? Like a straight dirt field, the sun is just beaming on it and it just dries it out too quick. They said the soil temperature is like 20 to 25 degrees cooler under a cover crop than it is without it. You yeah. Know? So, which I don't know if it being that much difference on cotton, if it would, I guess it don't hurt it because y'all do it. But, uh, boys, I, don't know. I mean, it likes the heat, you know, when it's like that, you know, more. Yeah. But, boys, I really got to go. It's <laughs> all right. Kidding. I got to too. All right. Hey, this was a great podcast. I hope y'all like it. Oh, y'all yeah. Give us some feedback on it, please. Rate this thing five stars if you can. All right, that'll boys. Work. That'll work, buddy. All right. See y'all. Hey, see, see you tomorrow on the Snappy Chat. Hell yeah, son. Later. See. Later. Come on back, bro. Come on back. <laughs>